God, we come before your presence with thanksgiving for all your goodness in our lives. And God, we ask that your spirit would lead us uh, and guide us this day. That you would speak to us through your word. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of our heart be acceptable to you, our God and King. Amen. Today we come together to celebrate the lives of the saints who have gone before us. A day uh, that is filled with memories of loved ones who have gone on to be with the Lord. A day when these memories can quickly turn into tears as the reality hits us that we can no longer touch them, take them out to eat, cook a meal for them, or buy them a Christmas gift. The sadness and the grief becomes a reality as we continue to miss our loved ones. And this morning, we lifted up the names of those individuals who we lost this year. But today is more than that. Uh, today is a, uh, is a day that we remember those who, um, who've lost uh, a dear friend, a brother, a sister, a parent, a spouse, a significant other, grandparents. This Sunday is about remembering their lives and remembering the hope that comes to us from the scripture. See, what's unique about this Sunday uh, than any other Sunday is today Christians all over the world are celebrating All Saints Sunday. The scripture that was read to us from Revelations uh, is being read all over the world, uh, whether you're in a cathedral or in a church, or on a mud floor, this scripture is being lifted up. And we turn to the scriptures uh, to in times of sorrow. When the road gets harder for us to walk, we look to God and ask God comfort us. When our tears are running down our faces, we look to God for comfort. I love this morning scripture that was read to us. This is a vision of heaven. John here sees a great multitude, a great multitude. Earlier uh, in the chapter, uh, Revelations 1 through 8, he gives us um, numbers of each tribe of Israel that have received the seal. And now he sees a great multitude, too many people. Too many people everywhere. For the first time when I read, uh, heard about this passage or encountered this passage and it kind of came to me alive was by uh, a Wycliffe missionary. He was a missionary who was working in Papua New Guinea and he was translating the Bible into this one small tribal language. And when he was talking and sharing, and I was like, what got you into this uh, work of translating the Bible, learning a different language? Not only are you learning it, now you are spending time translating that into a different tongue. And he said to me, see, I'm committed to translating this Bible language, this Bible into this tribal language, because I want these people who are coming to know Jesus. I want them to read the Bible in their own language, knowing that one day when they go to heaven, the same language will be spoken in heaven. What a sight that would be. Hear these words again. After this, I looked and there before me was a great multitude that no one could count from every nation, tribe, people, and language standing before the throne and before the Lamb. 
They were wearing white robes. They were holding palm branches in their hands. And they cried out in a loud voice. Salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. A great multitude that no one could count from every nation, tribe, language standing before God and before the throne. They were standing and praising God's, lifting God's name. Can you imagine this scene? I get goosebumps when I read this passage. The power of worship. These individuals are worshiping God night and day. Every chance they get, they are lifting God's praises, falling on their face and crying, salvation belongs to our God. He reigns supreme and delivered us. No matter what, God has come through and has lifted us up. This is a powerful scene, my friends. I get chills thinking about it. One day, we're all in front of God's presence. Every tribe and nation, every accent, every ethnicity singing together. What unites us, what gives us identity is no longer the color of our skin, our family of origin, or the language we speak. The only unifying factor is that we are all worshiping God together. That is it. That is what brings us together. So let's kind of look to the background of the book of Revelations as, as John is writing this passage. We read the passage uh, in its context. Uh, this, these powerful words, uh, there is a context that is being written in. John was... Um, uh, exiled to the island of Patmos, uh, and he was facing a lot of persecution. This was these words were not written when the church was doing well and was smooth sailing, but rather these words were written when the church was facing extreme persecution. And John was captive in this island, living by himself, exiled by there for being a follower of Jesus. And John gives, in that state, John is giving us a glimpse of the future. He's saying, irrespective of all the persecution and the trials that we are going through right now, Christ will reign supreme, is what John is saying to us. See, the more I read the scripture, the more I, these scriptures come alive to me. As I said, John was exiled to Patmos. John was, in some ways, living in quarantine. He was living by himself. He did not have any friends that he could interact with when he wrote this book of Revelations. He was separated from everyone. See, this season, we have all experienced what that means for us to be isolated and removed from the people we love. See, in the midst of these struggles and persecution, John still sees a future that is beautiful. Irrespective of his present reality, he sees something so different. In verse 11, we read, And all the angels were standing around the throne and around the elders for the four living creatures. They fell down on their faces before the throne and worshipped God, saying, Amen, praise and glory, wisdom and thanks and honor and power and strength be to our God forever. 
I hope you can feel the power of the Holy Spirit as these scriptures are being lifted up this morning. This morning, I want us to go a little bit deeper into the scripture. And I want to share with you as this scene is being played out of a great multitude of God, of people are singing and praising God and worshiping the lamb that was on the throne with palm branches. Palm branches were a sign of victory. They were waving these branches saying salvation belongs to our God. In a sense, this crowd is shouting victory belongs to our God. That's what they're saying. They sung this over and over and over again. Saying victory belongs to our God. See that image that I'm painting right now of a great multitude of people coming together and the lamb uh, and worshiping the lamb and waving branches. When you think about that image, when you think about that particular scene, we are reminded of another scene. Hear these words from Matthew 21, 6. The disciples went and did as Jesus had instructed them. They brought the donkey and the colt and placed their cloaks on them for Jesus to sit on. A very large crowd spread their cloaks on the road while others cut branches from the trees and spread them out on the road. And the crowds went ahead of him and those that followed shouted, Hosanna, son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. When Jesus entered, the whole city was stirred and asked, who is this? And the crowd answered, this is Jesus, the prophet from Nazareth in Galilee. See, there are several parallels, if you will, from the scene that we see in Revelations and the scene that we see in Matthew's gospel. In the Matthew's gospel, we see a crowd coming together and praising and shouting the name of Jesus. In the Matthew's gospel and in Revelations, we see the lamb, Jesus as the lamb. We see palm branches and we see that all of them were worshiping. See, in Matthew's gospel, the, the, the crowd was eager to worship God. They were eager to worship the lamb of God. They came out singing praises to him, waving pram branches. See, I think sometimes we can find ourselves in that crowd, especially when you think about the crowd's expectations. In the Math, in Gospel of Matthew, the crowd was waving the pram branches, saying, Jesus is the victory that they are looking for. The people believe that Jesus is going to be victorious even before he did anything. The crowd was waving those branches and saying, Jesus, you're it. Hosanna, son of David. Blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord. They were saying, this is it. This is our savior. But within a few days, they realized that Jesus was not fulfilling their expectations. I, they thought Jesus was it. But within a few days, Jesus was no longer fulfilling their expectations. I want us to pause and place this in the context of 
where we might be sometimes. When we are faced with a fatal diagnosis and we go to God and we cry before God and say, God, please deliver us, deliver our loved one from this fatal disease that they're going through. And we beg and we pray, God, please, I know you can do this. I know you can do miracles. I know you can heal my loved one. But that doesn't become a reality for us anymore. See, we can find ourselves in the crowd when we've lost a loved one, where our hopes from Palm Sunday can be dashed on Good Friday. But friends, I wanna remind you the story of Jesus does not end on Palm Sunday where we are hopes <laughs> that Jesus is going to redeem us and save us and then Good Friday comes and the story of Jesus does not end on Good Friday yes there is the cross yes the cross comes first but it doesn't end there after the cross comes the resurrection that is word is there for us. And finally, this scene becomes a reality for us. For those who believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, finally, we see the multitude singing and praising God, bowing down before him and saying, salvation belongs to our God. Our God ultimately wins. Yes, God will win. Our expectations on Palm Sunday are shattered in Good Friday, but then there is a resurrection and God ultimately wins. So friends, many of us today are grieving the loss of a loved one. We are, our cries of sorrow and pain are real before us today. But when days are hard and when sorrow overtakes you like a wave, knocks you down. I want to remind you that our hope comes from the scripture. For the lamb at the center of the throne we read will be their shepherd. He will lead them to the spring of living water and God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. Yes, our cries, our sorrow, our pain that we hold in our hearts will be wiped away one day. Our tears will be no more. God will lead, turn our sorrow into joy, and God will refresh our parched souls by leading us to the living water. Friends, I want to assure you, in the end, we will be celebrating with our loved ones who have gone before us, waving those pram branches. This is our eternal hope. Amen.